Hey, Bible readers, I'm Tara Lee Cobble, and I'm your host for the Bible Recap. At this point, you may be wondering if Chronicles is only genealogies. Don't worry, it's not. We've only got one more day of those coming up, and that day's reading also jumps into the narrative part of the book. So this is our last day of straight genealogies. In First Chronicles, that is. I want to fulfill a promise I made to you a few days ago. I promised to tell you the purpose of all these genealogies. I didn't want to spoil it for those of you who haven't heard this story before, but if you were paying close attention to today's reading, you picked up on part of the story that gives it away. Verse 15 says, Jehozadak went into exile when the Lord sent Judah and Jerusalem into exile by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. So the spoiler that may come as no surprise is that Israel doesn't keep the covenant and God eventually raises up an enemy to carry them off into exile, back out of the promised land. But don't worry, God's not casting them off forever. Remember that he's already told us that this is how things will go, and he says it's all part of his plan to bring them to repentance and to restore all things. So they're in exile for a long time, but then they repent and get to come back to the promised land. And that's when these genealogies come in super handy, because they really need to know who is from which tribe so they can go back to the right plot of land. And they need to know who is from the tribe of Judah and specifically the line of David, because God has appointed that as the line of kings. And they need to know who the Levites are, according to the clans of the Kohathites and the Merarites and the Gershonites, because they need to set everything back up with the temple according to the specific job of each clan. You may have noticed that Gershon is called Gershom here, but don't worry, it's all the same. All of these lists are really important in verifying people's identities so they can reinstate things when they return to the land. It may seem boring to us, but it was vital to them. It wasn't just a list, it was their life. It determined their jobs and where they lived. In verse 31, we see that David has set up some new positions in the service of the temple. Back in Numbers 4, God set up roles for the three clans of the Levites, but here David adds a fourth role musician. And you may have noticed that Asaph the Kohathite was listed among these. We've been reading some of his psalms. This is how that all came together. After the genealogies and the job assignments, we see the Levites divided into their clans and we see the cities of refuge announced. What was your God shot today? Mine came in asking myself what it says about God that this chapter exists at all. The fact that this is here, to help reestablish people in the land he gave them that they gave up, and that he brought them back into, it shows me his heart for restoration and redemption. It shows me he's so patient and generous with them, even when they break his heart. And it reminded me of something that happened in my own family once. I'm the youngest of six, and when I was a kid, my dad's mom made a bunch of stuffed animals for us. They were frogs, actually. Frogs filled with beans, if I recall correctly. They weren't cute or cuddly, but they were a labor of love. I'm sure my grandmother spent dozens of hours carefully cutting out and stitching them all and filling them with beans. By that time in her life, she was old and frail with failing eyesight, but still, she made these frogs for us. One day, our school had a yard sale fundraiser, so of course, those unsightly frogs made their way onto one of the tables. And you know who came to the yard sale? And do you know that she opened up her purse and bought those frogs back? She had made them, poured her heart into it, ugly and flawed as they were. And then she paid for them to buy them back. Our God not only does that with the Israelites, but he's done it with each and every one of his kids. He made us and then he paid the ultimate price to buy us back, death on a cross. 
This chapter is a testament to his abundant kindness and his plan for restoration and redemption. He's where the joy is. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to make a rare announcement. We have a limited edition merch item. Limited edition, and I think you're gonna love it. Here's a hint, ribbit. If the story about my grandmother's handmade frogs made you shed a tear today, you are not alone. So many of you contact us every year saying how much this story impacts your heart and you want a redemption frog of your own. So as a tiny little weird reminder of the redemption we all have in Jesus, we're bringing you our very own version of my grandmother's frogs. We're calling them redemption frogs because why not? You can find this adorable stuffed frog complete with a banana, banana, bandana that says he's where the joy is no bananas involved, but only for a limited time. They're not filled with beans or bananas, but I hope that every time you see this stuffed frog, you'll remember the cost of your redemption through the death of Jesus and that your life has immense value to the God who loves you. So click the link in the show notes or visit thebiblerecap.com while supplies last. Limited edition. Today's podcast is brought to you by WayFM. They understand life can feel overwhelming and lonely sometimes. So to help you feel known, loved, and prayed for, they've created a space where you can receive prayer and pray for others. They call it the prayer wall. Check it out at wayfm.com forward slash pray or click the link in the show notes.